So verse one, I'm the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old, and he hath broken my bones. He hath built against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hanged me about that I cannot get out, and he hath made my chain heavy. Now verse 8, I'd like to preach on verse 8. And also when I cried and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. And also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. I want to preach on the silent scream. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful atmosphere of God you've given me, Lord, to worship in tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the people. I've been coming over this way, and, and uh, Brother Tom's always been good to me. I call him. We talk from time to time, and I appreciate him. I, he's a man that I can call and ask him questions, and, uh, and I need the answers when I ask, but I appreciate him. I appreciate his people. I thank God for what's went on here, and in the past, I've never seen a more talented people in my life, how they could work with young people and how they could lead people to the Lord. And I've watched that over the years, at least 12 years in a row. And so I think I know what I'm talking about. And I've come this way, God, tonight, you know my heart. And uh, I, I love the people and I just want to do your will, Lord. I, that's all I want to do. And so I'm going to do my very best. And I know that I need the anointing and that's all I'm looking for. And if you just anoint me, God, I'd be sure to thank you and praise you. And Jesus, sweet, and Lord, please. I don't know nobody's heart. Oh, Tom, don't tell me nothing. <laughs> Which is, I mean by that, uh, really no preacher. Well, I've had one or two, but not too many times a man tells you what's going on, just tells you to mind the Lord. That's what Tom told me. That's all I want to do, just mind the Lord. Let God lead. That's, that's, that's my intent. And I prayed, Lord, I don't know nobody's heart, don't know who's saved, who ain't saved. Ain't no well, I, I can tell. Been married 52 years. I'm pretty sure she is, and I know for a fact I am. And the Lord knows what I mean. Uh, the Lord said, I need of not man testify man. I know man, I know what's in man. So the Lord, he knows where everybody's sitting right now. He knows where you got it or you ain't. Well, if you ain't got it, I'd like to help you to get it. By the grace of God here tonight, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What I want to preach on a little bit. Now, this is Jeremiah. He's the weeping prophet. He's preached 52 chapters, several years, well, more than that. And, uh, and the people of God has rejected God. That's what's going on. And, uh, and when you reject the man of God, when he's preaching the word of God, you don't reject the man, you reject God. Now that's a dangerous thing you can do. Now here Jeremiah is in the book of Lamentations and he's saying and he's praying and he's calling on. Now I said 
he was the weeping prophet. I know you know that. I read this story about a man named Hop Hadley. He had one leg shorter than the other, and they called him Hop. And so uh, he loved humanity. And uh, he looked across the street one day, saw a man coming out of a bar, and one of his women in his church as her husband. He hollered at him. Well, he knew he was going to church him, so he took off running. And old Hop Hadley was right after him with that short leg. And he was running. <laughs> and pretty soon, the old boy outrun Hop Hadley. And Hop Hadley fell on a telephone pole and began to weep. And he come back. He said, Hop, I can outrun that short leg, but I can't outrun the tears. Listen to me. God's people, God wept. Brother, listen, they rejected God even when God wept. And here's what happened. God said, Jeremiah said, I hear them cry. I can hear them shout. And he shutteth out their prayer. Brother, listen. Brother, I'm telling you, God, he silenced their prayer. Brother, listen. They got turned back into captivity. I said that to say, you ever think about now, I know the Bible says this poor boy cried, the Lord heard him, and saved him out of his troubles. I'm glad, thank God, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And Paul said, who I am chief. Amen. Brother, the chief of sinners, you can't fall far enough that God won't save you. But here's what you got to know. You can't just keep rejecting God. You can't just keep turning your back on God. Boast thyself not of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. Now, you keep in mind that I'm going to do my best to preach on the silent, the silent scream. Because God said, Jeremiah said, I shouted. I cried, and he shutteth out my prayer. He wouldn't hear it. Now, that's what it said. I read a story about a prominent preacher. Here's what he said. He said there was a multimillionaire, and he run drugs. He was in the mafia, and he brought it out of Miami, all the way up into South Carolina, that's where he lived. He invited this preacher, very prominent, to his house for dinner. Now he went only to lead him to the Lord. I mean, he knew what was going on, the preacher did. And while he was there, the preacher gave him a newspaper article. And here's what happened, true story. His wife, or his daughter, 24, she was in a car accident. They called this mafia man, this multimillionaire, his wife, and when they got to the ER, they were just covering his daughter up with a sheet and pronounced her dead. They said there was blood everywhere, all over the place, and they pronounced her dead. Now, him and the wife, I've been there. I mean, I've not lost a child, but I've been in my church when 
other families lost one in the ER, in car wrecks. And I'm telling you, it's the saddest thing that I've ever... I had a lady one time that reached down over the gurney. She was a big woman. She reached down over the gurney and nobody in the hospital could make her turn loose. She got a hold of the metal underneath and she was big and she was strong. And I had to pray with her for an hour, hour and a half until she finally let go of that 14-year-old girl. Now, but this is the story. This girl wasn't dead. They pronounced her dead. She couldn't move a muscle in her body. She said, later she came to the dinner. She said that they covered her up with the sheet. She could feel the sheet. She said she could hear them pronounce her dead. And she tried to scream, but she couldn't scream. She said, she said, help, help me. I'm not dead. I'm alive. Nobody could hear. She couldn't move a muscle. They said they took her back in a cold room. And they said they put a belt over the gurney, strapped her in. And the father said to the wife, they had a friend that owned a, a, a funeral home. I got one that owns four. If you're feeling bad, look me up after church. But here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, she screamed, but no one could hear her. And, and she said when she was back there in the morgue that she could hear them young boys talk about how pretty she was and what a shame it was that she had died. And the funeral home's coming. And the funeral home took her out of one gurney and put her in another gurney. She said she felt the ride to the funeral home. And she was aware of everything, but she couldn't move a muscle. And she screamed, I'm not dead. I'm alive. Help. Help. Nobody could hear. And they said when they got her into the embalming room, they pulled that sheet off her and they had a belt around her waist and her hands were there. She said, I concentrated on moving my index finger three times. She said, with everything in me, she said, I moved that finger three times. And somebody said, my Lord, she's not dead, she's alive. And they sent her back to the hospital and they was able to revive her and it was 40 years ago and makes her 64, and she's still alive today. Now, what I want you to know and think about for a little bit is how hard would it be to scream and to cry and no one be able to hear you? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Brother, there's times in this life when you're a sinner that you could call on God and that you could scream well, the Bible says that Jeremiah said that I shouted and I screamed and he shutteth out my prayer. That means God wouldn't hear him. Now, either that's right or it ain't right. Now, I'll show you something. I know that we preach whosoever will. I know that. 
I know God is able to save anyone. I know what I know that. But I'm going to say this. Stick with me. I'm going to say that Jesus entered into the sheep market by the sheep gate. And there was a pool there called Bethesda. Had five porches. And there was a multitude of impotent folk. And uh, sick, halt, withered, blind, lame. And the Bible said an angel came down out of glory and stirred up the water. And whosoever first stepped in was healed of whatsoever disease he had. Now listen, didn't matter where you was blind, didn't matter where you was hot, didn't matter where you was crippled, death, blind, didn't matter. But when the but here's what happened: whosoever stepped in first was healed of whatsoever disease he had, but not whosoever. The angel had to stir up the water. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God can save anyone. But I'm also saying that Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Let's do it this way. Mary, the Virgin Mary, she had Jesus in her. As a matter of fact, she was the first person that ever had Jesus in her. Now, I know we got Jesus in us. I'm, I'm aware of that. Christ in you is hope of glory. That's right. Well, this one boy said to his dad, he said, how tall is Jesus? Well, he said, I don't know, son. Well, he said, how tall do you think he was? Well, 5'11", 6 foot. Well, he said, I'm 4 foot. And he said, Jesus in me, and he's 6 foot, and I'm 4 foot, he ought to stick out somewhere. Brother, I'm telling you, if you've got the Son of God in you, he'll stick out somewhere. Amen. Amen. That's right. Now, here's what I'm preaching. Mary had the Holy Ghost or Jesus in her. But she didn't get Jesus in her until the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. Am I right or not? That in the beginning, God created the heaven. I'm not trying. Now, listen, let's do it this way. I realize that this doctrine that I'm preaching right now, it's very, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's questionable. I mean, they, they argue it for years, older than I am. I mean, because I'm not saying that God ain't going to save anyone or everyone because God's able to save everyone. I'm simply saying that God ain't going to save you until he deals with you. Listen, he that believeth is not condemned, but he, now I'm not preaching about whether you're condemned or not. Because if you're here, you're lost without God, you are condemned. And you need saved. But I'm talking about conviction. I'm talking about good old Holy Ghost conviction. I'm saying that a man won't go to God until a man is being convicted. Draw to, let's do it this way. Now here, listen, I'm going to show you. There was this shepherd in, in Australia. And uh, you know, he had a lot of sheep. And so, uh, you know, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. You know the story. And you know, he said, his sheep hear his voice and a stranger they won't father, follow. And, but here's what I'm, this true story again. And so he had a daughter and they were best buddies, all right? I mean, that's joined at the hips. Wherever that shepherd went, that daughter went. And uh, they loved one another. 
Now they tell me, and I've talked to people, I know Tom's been over, over there in the promise of Palestine and Israel, but they tell me that in those grassy slopes, they can be 14 flocks of sheep out there feeding, 14 flocks. And one shepherd, he goes out and he calls his flock. And them other 13 flocks won't even look up. They just go right on to eat. But them sheep that was called by their shepherd, they hear his voice and they follow the shepherd. Now, that's what I'm telling you. Now listen to this. So this shepherd has this little girl with him, his daughter, 18 years. They're always out in the field. He's always calling the sheep. She's always right there. She never leaves his side. But one day, he's out there calling the sheep in, taking them to the sheep load, and she ain't there. He gets to looking for her. He goes back to the house, and he finds a letter. And it said, Dad, said, I've been made fun of at school and everywhere. And that I'm the little shepherd girl. And said, that's all I've ever did, and that's all I've ever known. Said, but I'm leaving. And I'm going into the big city, across the water, and I'm going to find out what else there is in life to do other than a shepherd. And she left. And he never seen her for 20 years. Now you listen to me. I'm, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you got a child that ain't right, by that I mean not saved and not doing right, you'll worry about him every day of your life. There ain't a day you don't pray, and there ain't a day you, and you don't get a lot of peace of mind. But listen to what I'm telling you. He worried about that girl for 20 years. 20 years he ain't seen her. And he'd be out there calling them sheep in every night. And one day, a neighbor come, said to him, said, I was across the big water, and said, I was in a big city over there, and I saw your daughter. Now, she'd been gone 20 years. She left at 18. You can do the math. And he said, it's sad. She's prostitute. He said, she's laying around in those pubs. And he said, I followed her. She left with married men. That's how she makes her living. And she's a drunk. And the good shepherd, I mean, he was heartbroken. And he said, I'm going to look for her. He went over in this huge city and he starts looking for his daughter. She'd been gone 20 years and he ain't figured out exactly how to find her. And I mean, you know, he was just a stranger. There was people everywhere like ants. And then he thought about it. He said, I'll call the sheep. Well, there wasn't no sheep. Now, I don't know how you call a sheep, but I know how the old boys called the cattle. Carol, Carol. And so he's walking down the sidewalk. Carol, Carol. And he's calling the sheep. And so pretty soon people saying, you crazy man, what are you doing? Well, he wouldn't waste time to try to tell him what he's doing. He just simply, Carol, Carol. And one night he entered in this huge pub, this beer joint, big beer joint with, with the arched doorway. And he went in there, and he got to going, Carol, Carol. And the bartender said, man, are you crazy? 
He said, you can't do that in here. You'll have to get out of here. And the old sheep herder walked by him and said, Carol, Carol. And he seen way back in the dark, that little girl get up. And she come a running. And she threw her arms around him. And she said, oh, daddy, oh, daddy. Said, I'm in such a mess. My life is in such a mess. I wouldn't know. I didn't know what she'd think of me. All she said, but I heard the call. I heard the call. Brother, listen, 43 years and nine months ago, I heard the cry. I heard the cry. The shepherd called me. The shepherd called me out of sin. The shepherd called, hey, I come a running to him. I said, oh, Jesus. I know you love me for sure. I know you come looking for me. Brother, listen to me. He come, I was wounded. I was a wounded little lamb. But thank God he come for me. And when I heard him calling, I know he was, listen, I say glory. I say praise the Lord. I'm glad the shepherd came a looking for me. And if he would never come looking for me, I'd have never made it, brother. But God I knew he loved me. I knew he loved me when he started calling me. I felt it. Now, brother, it took me a while, four or five days, hit all my drugs. But I knew for 100% sure it was his call. And I was lost without God. One day the shepherd called, and immediately that day, that very day, I put all my drugs up, hit them every one. And I didn't take a nutter. And I tried to quit my cussing. Slipped up once or twice. Now that didn't save me. And it wasn't going to get me saved. And I knew it. But I was trying to straighten up best I could. And I went five days. I mean, I, I was sober as a judge. Amen. I don't know how sober most of them judges are. Uh, matter of fact, I don't think they're too sober. If they're like a politician, they're all drunk and stupid liars. But anyhow, I said this. Finally, the preacher come to my house. And finally, he preached over two hours to me. It was like water off a duck's back. I lost nine pounds. I couldn't sleep. I had two hours sleep in five days. I'm telling you, I was, I was a mess. And we talked for two hours, and then he said this. Al, you ain't got to quit doing drugs. You ain't got to quit drinking liquor. You ain't got to quit running the bars. He said, he'll take it from you. He'll take it away from you. He said, this did it. I'm sitting there listening. I'm thinking, come on now. I know you can't get right like that. But I'm sitting there. I mean, I was 29 years old. And he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. He said, he'll make you new. He'll make you brand new. He'll give you a brand new heart. He'll give you a brand new page. Brother, listen, I took nothing but sin and heartache and I traded it in at Calvary for a brand new page. Amen. And listen to this. 43 years and nine months, I've never looked in the back mirror yet. I've never, listen to me. I've, I ain't been perfect. Been chastised a few times. I ain't got scourged yet. I straighten up on the first passing. That's right. Because I love the Lord. And I want to be able to preach. 
And I want to be able to feel the anointing. And so I, I, I just don't do no sinning. Well, I'm not perfect. But I'm just say, I'm saying this. I'm saying he's been good to me. That's right. He led me out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I got a brand new page. And I, I heard the call. I heard it. But I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you can get in a place that your prayers will be silent. I'll show you one. I showed you that one. Listen to me. Here's what I was trying to show you. I had this boy in my church. He's a big boy. 500 pounder. And I liked him. And he was big. But he didn't live real good. He's pretty reckless. But I tried to work with him and help him. Well, he lose his gallbladder. Then he lost the kidney. Then he lost something else. Well, he'd call me. And I'd go. He'd be in the hospital. He's afraid of dying. And he'd be crying. And I'd, I'd, I'd talk to him. I'd pray with him. I think he'd get things straightened up. And then, next thing I know, he'd get out of the hospital. He's right back fooling around. And next thing I know, he'd lose a kidney. Next thing I know, he lost a foot. I mean, sugar. Next thing I know, he lost. And listen. And I said, now, Jim, you're going to keep this up, Miss Heaven. I mean, you can't go to God and use him like a spare tire. You can't use God like a four-leaf clover, a rabbit's foot. Brother, you can't pull God out just every time you think you need him. You got to get to Calvary. You got to get the blood applied. You got to stay with the blood applied. You got to get right with God. You got to pray evening, morning, day. You got to get this thing settled. You can't just keep all this for. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Jim ain't with us no more. Where's he at? Well, I never did preach a man in hell. I never did. And, and, and I'm, I mean, that ain't my job. But I don't think he made it, and I'm not judging him. I just watch what he kept doing. I'm thinking this happened. I'm thinking when he really got down and he really wanted to call on God, I think he shouted. I think he cried. And I think God shut out his prayer. Why? Because he only wanted God when he felt like he needed him. Listen to me. I need him all the time. There ain't no time I don't need him. I've never woke up a day I didn't need him. I never thought I could get through a day that I didn't need him. And I've never got through a day I ain't called on him. Now real quick, that's what I'm preaching. I'm preaching that if you're lost, there is some times that you might want to call on God and heaven be shut up. Now I know you're not thinking that's right. Let me tell you one. Jesus said, uh, the Lord himself shall descend uh, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which uh, are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever uh, be with the Lord. Now, brother, there's a day coming that Jesus said to be in the bed, want to be taken, want to be left. You get that? Jesus said this. He said, uh, go to now. 
Ye to say today or tomorrow, we'll enter in such a city, continue there one year, buy and sell and get gain. There's a lot of people who don't think they need God. They just want the gain. They said, yeah, we're going to go over here. We're not going to inquire. We're not going to ask God. We're just going to do what we want to do. Go to now. That's the book of James. Go to now, right now. Now is the, listen, right now is all you got. Now, the Lord's coming back. Let's say the Lord come back. You get up tomorrow morning, the Lord come back. And uh, you got up and the air conditioner ain't on. There's no electric in the house. and You're looking around and thinking, well, what's going on? And you go back and open up mom and dad's bedroom and mom and dad's gone. Look out in the car and the car's in the driveway. Well, where'd mom and dad go? Well, you said... I'm going to check on my little baby sister. She's in the crib. Well, she's gone. Pretty soon, you got to thinking, well, everybody's gone. And said, I hear all this commotion. And you opened up the door. Some guy goes running by. Said, hey, I just let the graveyard back there. He said, there's hoes open up like a pepper box. And he said, they're empty. He said, brother, there's fires everywhere, planes falling out of the air. He said, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, listen to me. Brother, the Lord's going to come back. You're going to get left. That's what the message is about. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. All them kids that you all took care of up there at that church camp, there's a bunch of them ain't living right. You taught them right. I've never seen a people in my life that move, <laughs> I was up there 12 years. I taught the adults. And so anyhow, I was up there and there was these two boys with water balloons. And they said, cut the balloon, the counselor's here. I said, I don't see no counselor. <laughs> it was a horse. I couldn't work with them kids, honey. I didn't know how. I loved them, I, but I couldn't work with them. I mean, I, I just wasn't my gift, but I watched them. I watched, especially Rock Atlanta, and and I learned to love you with all my heart. God knows I ain't lying. I went up there twelve years, Lord, and I it was <laughs> it was the hardest work I ever did in my entire life. Now listen to me. Some of them kids didn't make it, but they remember what you told them. They remember that the Lord's coming. Now listen, what I'm gonna tell you. If the Lord came now, tomorrow morning, they'd start coming this way. That's right. And uh, there wouldn't be no piano player. There wouldn't be no Tom Price preaching. There wouldn't be no people leading them to the altar. But this place would be full. They've said, I remember that they told me the Lord's coming back. I remember that one day the Lord's coming back and he's going to take uh, the saved and the sanctified back home with him. And brother, they'd show up here and they'd pray here and they'd call on God and they'd scream and they'd cry and they'd shout. But God would shut out their prayers. They would call on God and brother, they'd get nowhere with God because today's the day. Now's when you got to do it. You can't wait until he comes back. 
Go to now, you just say today and tomorrow we'll enter such a city, continue there one year, buy and sell, and get gain. What is your life? It is even a vapor to appear for a little time, then vanish away. What we ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we ought to do this or do that. i tell you what God's will is. That you come to an altar, that you bury your face and call on God now while he'll hear you. Call now, because if you try to call later, you will have a silent scream. He won't hear you. Now listen to me. I told you the truth. Let's do it this way. Here's another time. The Bible said, and in hell, he lifted up his 13 miles down under where I'm standing. It's called the crust of the earth. 13 miles. There's a bottomless pit that just keeps heaping up a lava and brimstone, brimstone. I mean, it's hot and it's manufacturing more. He, the Bible said in the book of Numbers that God opened up hell. He opened it up. He opened up the door and Moses said, get away from them. Get away. And God opened up hell and took their families and their children. Listen and their lives, and their houses. God opened up hell and took them to hell alive, and there was a great cry. It's in your book. It's in there. It's in there. God opened up hell under my feet, 13 miles. There's billions of people burning, and they'll burn forever and never be burned up. And they'll die forever and never die. And they'll be in torment forever. Listen to me. You say, what's worse than going to hell? I'll tell you. Taking a loved one with you. If you're not, he said, I've got five brothers. Send Lazarus. He said, at least they come to this place of torment. I'm telling you, listen to me. Worst thing about going to hell. I mean, it's blacker than a million midnights. It's a place you ain't never going to get out. It's a place that you're going to, Hey! Help! Save me! Save me, oh God! And God will shut it out. Your scream will be silent. God will not hear you. I'm going to tell you, listen. I watched the ladies of my church, and I, over the years I've watched them. And little kids in our church, and they'd be one crying, let's say. Well, a mother knows exactly which kid of hers is crying. I've watched a mother come to our church in high heels, and she's a real fine dresser, and she wears them spike high heels. And when you hear her feet coming across the thing, I watch that little girl just, I mean, she knows the sound of her mother's heels. And that mother knows the sound of her daughter's voice. And ain't no other mother gets up when hers cries, and she just gets up. And she goes, now I said all that to say this. I'm telling you, you'll be in hell so long, forever. 
you'll be there so long. And they're screaming and crying and gnashing the teeth. You'll be able to recognize a scream. I mean, you can hear a scream. Everybody will be screaming. Uh, but you can recognize a scream. Because you'll hear it for a million years. Now, if you're a dad and your son's in hell, you can hear him. And he'll be screaming and crying. And listen to me. You try to get to him. Now, I know this sounds a little wild, but you would try to get to him. The worst thing that can happen to you tonight is you end up in hell and one of your children go with you because you'll scream and cry and God will never hear your cry. Never. Never hear it. So you'd crawl over all these corridors. You'd get over on that side and all of a sudden he's screaming on that side. You'd crawl over and get on this side and all of a sudden he's on that side. And you're falling. It's a bottomless pit. Brother, the world's a turning and you're a falling and you never cease to fall. And what happens is finally, if you can get to your son, you'd say, son, it's me, your daddy, hug me. And he said, I hate you. Why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you take me to, listen to me. They take him to church? No. They take him to the ball field. They drank 20 million gallons of beer a day. That's what they, they spend more money on chewing gum than they do on churches. I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the world don't care nothing about God. They've rejected God. They've went the way of the world and they're going to hell and their families. And when they get in hell, I'm through preaching. I don't know how long to preach, but 